So the big question is this, how can I live a life of purpose and meaning and still pay my mortgage? I had the good six-figure corporate job, but it got to a point where I felt like I was going to be sick every day on my way to work. I knew there had to be a better way. So I hung up my corporate suit and I put on my yoga pants. I've spent the last 20 plus years searching for answers. I've traveled to the ends of the earth, studying with gurus and teachers, chasing balance and clarity and crafting a life of purpose. I'm deeply passionate about helping other seekers and entrepreneurs do the same. I'm Leanne Wolke and this is The Epic Journey. Join me and my guests as I share lessons learned along my personal growth and entrepreneurial journey. This episode was pulled out of a longer interview with Deb Kern. I hope you'll enjoy this chat as we talk about righteous anger and the importance of truly feeling your emotions. Dr. Deb Kern is a health scientist, visionary teacher, and guide who is dedicated to helping women live divinely embodied lives. She's traveled far and wide to study and apprentice with master teachers, shamans, yogis, herbalists, and healers. Her varied studies and experiences have helped her to evolve practices and tools that help women embody the divine feminine and live pleasurable, purposeful, spirit-infused lives. Dr. Deb's years of practice as a nurse, health educator, personal trainer, yoga teacher, Nia teacher, yoga therapist, combined with her life experiences, have given her insights not found in books. She's observed time and time again that when we take actions in our own healing and become aware of the patterns that disconnect body and mind, miracles can occur in every area of our lives. And she adores inspiring others to experience these miracles. She's the author of Everyday Wellness for Women and Create the Body Your Soul Desires. She's the creator of a healing movement practice called Prana Shakti Dance and the mom of an amazing young man. And there was nowhere in all of that anything to show me what the divine feminine was. In our churches, uh, I mean, we had Mary at Christmas, but she was kind of a plasticized version. And um, I was in trouble often in Sunday school for raising my hand and asking questions about that doesn't make sense to me. You know, this doesn't make sense to me. Even there, I remember, you know, those long verses that say, and Joseph begat Jacob, begat Isaac. And I said, what does begat mean? And my teacher said, well, like, you know, like having babies. I said, well, men don't have babies. What do you, why isn't the men, you know, where are the women? I used to say, where are the women when I was little? Where are the women? <laughs> and so, so inside of me, it started early. And I think, you know, when the when you have these questions, different teachers come to you. And um, a, a very important teacher came across my awareness in 1995, which is a Catholic nun. And I, like, I didn't grow up Catholic, but she came to me. And she, she teaches yoga at a convent in Alabama. So Sister Mary McGeehee and Sister Morris Allen. And I ultimately ended up living in their town. And Sister Morris became my spiritual advisor. She used to say, I bet you never thought you'd have to come to Coleman, Alabama to find your spiritual guru. <laughs> <laughs> and so she taught me all about the feminine face of God mm-hmm. and the black Madonna. And she started, she taught yoga at the convent and she started every yoga class in Shavasana because she believed in having dessert first 
and last. So we started in Shavasana and we ended in it. And she would start class by saying, I'm just going to say it just like she did. She would say, breathe, breathe in the great I am. I am woman, beautifully and wonderfully made. That's how we started every class. Wow. So she... Um, she had me, she gave me assignments. She had me study the Aramaic Lord's Prayer, which is Jesus spoke Aramaic. And in Aramaic, the Lord's Prayer is full of the divine feminine. And it all got translated out. Every feminine noun was neutered or turned masculine. And just one example is the word kingdom would have been queendom. Malkutach. Malkutach is queen. So, so it became, it started it, working on me intellectually. I started saying, wait a minute. We got ripped off. We just got ripped off. And, um, and the more I studied and the more Sister Morris infused in me, she, she had me look, uh, study stories of Inanna and Isis. She brought in stories of Lakshmi, Kali, Saraswati from India. She saw no separation because she's, she saw that the divine feminine had to be brought forth in all kinds of ways because we didn't get it in our lineage. And so um, what it's done for me is it's enriched my life as a woman. It's taught me how to be more fully a woman and know how when I feel anger, that anger is a sacred emotion. And it, when I know how to literally run it through my body, I know where the energy pathways run. I have examples of it in stories of different goddesses from different cultures. And I can breathe and I can move it through and I can use my anger to create justice or to right a wrong. I can use my anger as fuel rather than my whole life up until then, I'd say for the first 50 years of my life, what would take anger as it rose and then I would feel it and be afraid of it and turn it down and it would become depression or resentment, resentment or bitterness, which are very disease provoking emotions. Anger doesn't make disease, but bitterness and resentment do. Mm. So um, learning how to, first of all, what I, what I realized is we have to see it outside of ourselves before we can find it in ourselves, which is the purpose of having these stories and these images of other women, whether they're if from, from different cosmologies like Hinduism or, or any other cosmology, or whether they're actual women in history. Like last night, I watched the movie Harriet about Harriet Tubman. And I would hold her up as expressing her divine feminine. Did you know she had visions like Joan of Arc? No. She, wait, you have to see the movie. All your listeners, you know, yeah. go, see the, go see the movie Harriet. And I'm sure you remember that she, in history, she helped the Underground Railroad freeing slaves. And she, um, but she had visions just like Joan of Arc. She would pass out and she would be able to foretell. She could see, well, I won't give it away. So, but <laughs> sorry, but she, but it's she okay. was, she was fierce and she stuck a knife in her belt and she rode out in to save these people. That is you, the proper and correct use of anger. And there's even data in Western science. There's a psychoneuroimmunologist psycho named Mario Martinez who has studied 500 healthy centenarians from around the world. And he's collected data. And one of the data points that's common among these healthy centenarians is righteous anger. They know how to allow righteous anger. This is a divine feminine capacity in men and women. How do you let anger burn you clear, clear your mind and know what the right thing to do is? Mm. 
So anyway, <laughs> that's just one aspect of feminine energy, but you can see how anger, I always start with anger because it's so dismissed, ignored, and reviled or feared in women. And so when a woman has anger, we'll name her a bitch or out of control, and then she fears her own anger, and then she shuts it down, and now you've got her depressed and resentful. She can't do anything. She's paralyzed. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Epic Journey. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave a rating and a review. I truly hope that you got something out of this episode that you can use on your own epic journey.